How many, how many of you are just uh, going forward in prayer this week? Just growing. Amen. A few of you got like five. All right. That's good. <laughs> groaning in prayer. Yes. No. Growing, growing, growing. How many of you are experiencing a little bit of spiritual agitation? A little mystery tiredness? A little bit of discouragement, a little frustration. How many of you are getting things done you never thought you would get done when, as soon as you start to pray? Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. It's great. Um, I know last week we had, we had broken into uh, smaller groups, and I realized that made some of you uncomfortable. Uh, please forgive me. I didn't mean to uh, make you feel uncomfortable in the Lord. Uh, the idea is that we're all growing together and continuing to pray together. So this week we're all going to pray corporately, do something a little different at the end. Um, I'm going to speak here again for like another 15, 20 minutes, then we're all going to pray together. Um, so let's, uh, let's learn, continue to learn about prayer. Um, last week, I really wanted to get into the first two verses of the Lord's Prayer, but we're going to hit both of them this week. Uh, the, objective, the object of prayer and the objective of prayers today. So the object and the objective. So will you read with me in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 10? Let's read together. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees you, sorry, sees what does done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the babbling, like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Let's stop. A few quick things. When you pray, Jesus assumes that we're going to be praying, right? Number one, followers of Christ are people who pray. And if you aren't engaging in prayer, I want to encourage you uh, to begin to grow in that. It's something the Lord has for you. It's a tool. It's a real deep blessing in your lives. Now, some, for example, I, I'm, I'm normally a mumbler, if you haven't noticed already. Um, but the Lord tends to put us in situations that we don't necessarily enjoy up front. But the blessing that comes from obedience is amazing. So I encourage you to begin to pray. Mumble, uh, go in your closet and just begin to speak to the Lord. Give Him your heart. Just tell Him what's going on. Begin the dialogue with the Lord. It's okay. And speak to him like you're speaking to a friend, respectfully. Speak to him normally. Lord, and I often pray just, God, I'm having a horrible day, and I'm really ticked off. You know, I say, ticked off to God? Yeah, because I am. I'm expressing my heart to the Lord. Guess what? He already knows what's going on before I say it. No big mystery to him. He's like, what? (laughs) What do I do? You know, no, you're okay. He's got you. So just express how you would normally talk to someone. Speak to your Father in heaven. So we'll get into that a little bit more. So when you pray, Jesus assumes we pray. Secondly, he says, don't pray like two people. Don't pray like the hypocrites and don't pray like the pagans. The hypocrites, he was referring to the religious leaders who stood in front of people in church right? In synagogues. And they prayed so that they could draw attention to their flowery words. And, and they would wear these beautiful robes and walk around and say all these things. Oh God, thou art the wonderfulest of thy, you know, and everybody go, I wish I could pray like him. God must hear him. 
What does God look at? Looks at the heart. I'm glad we're all on the same page. God looks at our hearts. Amen? So disregard that. Don't play like a hypocrite. hypocrite. And then, uh, don't pray like the pagan who use vain repetitions. How can we... It's so amazing. Jesus teaches on prayer in this, and he says, in this manner you shall pray. Our Father who art in heaven, how, and what do we repeat over and over and over? The Lord's Prayer. <laughs> he says, don't pray in vain repetition. Pray from the heart. Quite often we can take a prayer like this and just package it up and not say it from the heart. We just say it over and over. You know, and, and how we can in different denominations say, you know, 50 Hail Marys or whatever it might be. Is it from our heart? Are we really speaking to the Lord? So that's, a, that's something to think about in prayer. So Jesus is saying, don't pray like that. Just speak to your, your Father in heaven from your heart. And he says in verse 9, this then is how you should pray, or in this manner, as he spoke in uh, Luke chapter 11. No doubt Jesus taught on prayer several times. And this was, it was paraphrased, I think, in, in Luke 11. Here's the full version in, in, in uh, Mark, I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter 5. And some of your Bibles will have little parentheses where you see the church added in some, uh, some things that they would actually do uh, in service. You know, thy kingdom come. Everybody would say, thy will be done. You know, one of these types of things that goes back and forth. It still holds the heart. So anyways, as we go through... This, then, is how you should pray, or in this banner. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to stop there. Jesus taught his disciples through an example, giving them a model prayer. And again, it's not to be uh, repeated like a mantra. It's just giving them an example of how to pray. When you pray, pray in this manner. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Prayer begins with relationship. The object of our prayer is the Father. It begins with relationship. Now, this relationship with the Father, we have to have in order to pray. If one doesn't have a relationship with the Father, they shouldn't address Him as Father. They should address Him as Almighty God. And the only prayer that He wants to hear is, Have mercy upon me, I'm a sinner. That's the prayer he wants to hear from one who isn't his son or his daughter by the blood of Jesus Christ. Have mercy upon me. The only prayer that God wants to hear is, is one of repentance and crying out and forgiveness. Jesus said, there's only one way to the Father. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. You guys remember that one? What does darkness have to do with light? Nothing. And nor can a perfect and holy God have anything to do in relationship with rebellious sinners. That sounds kind of harsh, right? It sounds pretty hard. Yes, because he's a just God. We might kind of say, well, hey, man, isn't God a God of love? Wait a second, isn't God a God of love? Yes, he is also a God of love. He's a God of justice, and he's a God of love. And so... He doesn't just let sin slip. He doesn't let it just go by the wayside. Oh, that's, you know, that's just like spitting on the sidewalk. Everything's good. You know? He just doesn't let it slide. So, God in his love looked down upon us going, man, they're just rebels. And he says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Right? 
but whoever would believe in him. It says, God offered his son to die for us. That's lawbreakers. And he laid upon Jesus the iniquity of us all. The sins that we commit, he just put upon him. I love you. I know you can't make it. And as we believe, as we say, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Guess what? He forgives us and he cleanses us. And that justice that should have been poured out upon us was poured upon on him. And we're clean and we walk before the Father as a son and a daughter now. And it says in John 3, 1, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. And he's given us his Holy Spirit as proof that we are his. We have his Holy Spirit living and breathing inside of us, kind of just telling us, hey, no, not that way, brother. Not this way, son. Not this way, daughter. Yes, good job. Let's go forward in this way. You grieved that brother or sister. Go and make amends. You know, these things that are going on in our hearts and lives as sons and daughters of the living God. This is, uh, in Romans 8, uh, verse 15, it says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So Jesus says, when we pray, it starts with relationship. It starts with re- relationship. And we should make sure we know who we're talking to, right? You're talking to the Father. And you can cry out to him, Abba, Father. Abba means daddy. That's pretty impressive. You can't go, Daddy Obama, you know, or anything like that. You can't, these people who are in high, no, but you can go to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have access to him. And I keep using that image to where, uh, you know, the king and I, with that little kid, you know, you, you die if you step foot presence of the king, you know, and, and here's the little kids just running down the aisle, just no consequence. Hops up on his lap, he hugs him. How you doing? You know, all these guards around, and he just loves him. He loves you. Absolutely loves you. And that is the relationship that we have with our Father, one of love, no longer of fear, no longer fear of judgment, but of love, because Jesus paid it all. Amen? So we come to him and we say, Abba, Father. He's the object of our prayer. So our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or reverent be thy name. Our Father's name should be revered. Uh, Many don't know this, but God has a name. He has a name. God is his title, right? It means almighty, right? But his name is Yahweh or Jehovah. Now, without getting into too much detail, uh, what happened is the scribes back then, they thought the name of God was so precious, they didn't want people to repeat it. So they took out the vowels. Well, they didn't get put them back in. So we're, we're left there with Y-H-V-H. What does that mean? <laughs> Yehovah, Yahweh, and so the scholars kind of go back and forth and say, we, re- we really don't know, but we kind of lean on the side of, of, of Yahweh, which means, which is very precious to it, it means the becoming one. Yahweh means the becoming one. And that's of great importance to us because God decided to reveal himself to us as the becoming one. You're going, okay, what, is, what does that mean? It means that he becomes what we need. I want to become what you need. I am the becoming one. If you think back into the Garden of Eden, he wanted to be everything that they needed, but they chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They They chose to go their own way. 
and it broke his heart. It broke relationship. Each one of us, whatever circumstance you're in today, he wants to become what you need. He's the becoming one. If you think about it, he could have called himself get lost, you know, or take a number. I mean, think about it. <laughs> that would have been rough. <laughs> My God is get lost, you know, or take a number. I'm on the number. Thanks. I'm one of many. Thanks, Lord. But it, his name is the becoming one. And so as we pray, we should find comfort in the fact that he's our father. That he's our father. Not only our father, he expresses himself to us as, I want to be what you need. I want to be what you need. And in the Old Testament, what happened is they would put compound forms of the name in the Old Testament. For example, uh, you know, you want to become, he wants to become everything you need to Israel, so they would call him Jehovah Rahi, which means the Lord is my shepherd. They call him Jehovah Shema, which means the Lord who is present. And it goes on and on. You know, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace. It's important to remember this as we pray to know that God wants to become what we need. He wants to become. How many of us need to know that God in his infinite wisdom and his power, all that he is, is Jehovah Rai. He is the father, your shepherd. He's right there watching after you. He's watching for the wolves. He knows what you need. He knows you need food. He knows your, you know, your coat's all messed up. And he knows that we're pretty dumb animals and like to, you know, <laughs> he loves us. He knows our nature, cares for us deeply. I mean, how many of us have ever felt alone and misunderstood? Gosh, I think that's most of a great generation today, just alone and misunderstood. He's Jehovah Shema. Your father is present. He's right here with you. He's not far away. He's not God, you know, way outside of time, although he is. He's right here, present with us. Are you sick or in need of healing? Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Jehovah Tisikkanu, God, our righteousness. How many of you need righteousness? He is our righteousness. How many need salvation? Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. Wow. He wants to be the one who will provide that need in your life. Don't go anywhere else. Don't go to the world. Don't go to all these places. Go to your Father. I mean, your needs are overwhelming, aren't they? They're pressing, and how often we just want to go to other places. Let's go to our Father, the object of our prayer. Go to our Father, which is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. The Father is the object of our prayer. Now, the objective of prayer is not to get our way, you know, to accomplish Matt's agenda or, or to accomplish man's will. It's to accomplish the Father's will, Right? Sometimes that doesn't look too much like prayer today. We can fall into the bad habit of using prayer as an instrument for man to get his own way, right? God, this is what I want, and you said here that I can have it, so, you know, get on it, right? What's going on, God? You know, if you think about it, didn't Jesus give some pretty broad promises when we're thinking about, you know, prayer? 
You gave some amazing promises. I love these promises. And whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe them and you shall have them. Yes. Thank you for that promise, Father. Didn't Jesus say, if you ask the Father anything in my name, I will do it, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. Yeah, anything. I like this, God. Didn't he say, you know, ask and you shall receive? Yes. But who is he talking to in each of those examples? Who is he speaking with? Each of these cases, he was speaking with his disciples. What constitutes a disciple? Yeah. How about uh, denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following him daily? Ouch. That's who he's talking to. He's talking to his disciples. Hey, disciples, ask anything in my name, and I'm going to give it to you. Why do you think he said that? Because whose will are they going to be praying about if a person is living a life that's denying themselves, picking up their cross and following Jesus, doing what he wants, praying according to his will, denying of self and giving to others? Those are the kind of prayers the Father wants to answer. That's where the power comes in, denying self and asking for his will. Not my will, Jesus said before going to the cross, but thy will be done, Father. My will is, uh, I'm in my flesh. Being a man, I don't want to die. But your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praying to his will. The objective of prayer was never for man to accomplish his own will and to get God to do what, you know, what we want, but rather to accomplish the will of the Father. And that's probably why we get so darn discouraged, don't you think? How many of you are discouraged in prayer? Lord, why aren't you answering my prayers? You know, there's so much we'll learn about this, but, uh, you know, James 4.3, you know, you don't ask. Prayerlessness. How about prayerlessness? The reason why your prayers aren't answered is because you aren't asking. And then he goes on and says, verse 4, it says, and the reason was when you pray, you actually ask for selfish things so that you could spend it on yourself. You ask amiss. You're not asking according to the kingdom. Boy, I'm learning so much in prayer. Lord, help me, you know? It can be so discouraging. You know, God, why haven't I won the lottery? Come on now. <laughs> you know? So the question becomes, we need to learn to pray to or continue to pray. So many of you I, I take already are praying that way, but as we grow together, we need to continue to, to keep the objective of our prayer, His will. His will. And we ask, the question becomes, what is His will? What is His will? How many of us know His will? Woo! Yeah. Lord, is it your will that I have a Ferrari? Lord, is it your will that I, you know... <laughs> that I have this house or I have this thing and these possessions so that, so why? Now, does God love us? Are we like his kids? Does he love to bless us? Yes. He lavishes things upon us we just don't even deserve or fathom. He's a good God. Loves his kids. But to accomplish things in his kingdom as his disciples, that's what we're about. If we want to see people in this valley who are hurting and lost, blessed, with the power and the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, 
Oh, we should start praying according to his will in our lives. Starting in our houses and working our way out. I'm struggling, guys. Pray for me. Starting at home and working our way out. Amen? So how do we do that? Fourth quick things, and then we're going to pray together. First, we need to know what his will is. A good place to start, and you might want to write this down in the notes part. A good place to start, four things here, is, but is to find out what the Father's will is, is looking in his revealed will. He already revealed it to us, where? In Scripture. How many of us are spending a little bit of time, occasionally, maybe every day, who knows, but just opening it, cracking it open, and reading about Jesus? Let's, let's forget the Old Testament for a minute. Let's forget, the, uh, let's forget the, you know, epistles and all that stuff. Let's just focus on Jesus and the Gospels. How many of us are just reading the Gospels and looking at Jesus and just studying him and looking at his life and saying to ourselves, wow, look how he loved these people. Do I love people like that? Look at how much he cared and, and was non-judgmental, but at the same time spoke truth. Is my life like that? Or am I like, you know, Matt the Merciless? You know, I mean, what is, what does my life look like his? When he teaches, when he says, love your enemies, do I love my enemies? Pray for those who persecute you. Do we know the will of God? Read Matthew chapter 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Beautiful place to find out how we can pray according to his will. So the word of God is number one. Just, and I would focus on the person of Jesus. That's what I would do. Focus on Jesus. We're to be imitators of Christ. How are we to be imitators of Christ? If we don't know what he acts like, what he does. So encourage us together. You know, go for Jesus. Go for the gospel. Start reading. We're going to start in Mark after this prayer series, and we're going to learn about Jesus. And hopefully... Matt will be changed, and you'll be able to see it. Amen? And hopefully we'll be all be able to be changed and go, wow, look what Jesus is doing. We're becoming a little bit more like Jesus. We're loving a little bit more. We're giving of ourselves a little bit more. That flesh, that part that we don't like about, you know, each other, oh, it's going away a little bit, and it's getting a little bit more softer, and we're loving the Lord. Amen? So, number one, read the gospel. Study Jesus. Number two, spend time with other followers in Jesus. Fellowship is what we call it. Spend time with each other. You know, there's things that people have gone through in the Lord that I don't understand yet. And the wisdom that they've gained in the Lord is, is something that I need injected into my life. There's character issues that they've gone through. There's failures that they've gone through that I need to learn from. Are we spending time with other brothers and sisters in the Lord? Home fellowships. You know, that's an emphasis that we want to have. Why? So that we grow in the Lord, so we don't stay where we are, so we continue to encourage one another in Jesus. It's the second thing, just spending time with others, you know? Thirdly, pray. There's no way around it. <laughs> you just have to practice. Pray by yourself, expressing your heart to the Lord, you know, the desires you have for your, yourself. You know what? And I would encourage you, don't, in the beginning, don't get so, you know, tied up in your mind going, am I praying to the will of God? Am I not praying to the will of God? Just begin the dialogue, you know? And as you're, as you're in the Word and reading about Jesus, as you're hanging out with other brothers and sisters, and as you're praying, God's going to start to funnel that down kindly and gently and start to focus our hearts on the things that make 
his heartbeat. Amen? And so take time to pray. You know, and really, it, you develop a sensitivity to spirit as you begin praying. And, and it'll greatly enhance your ministry to one another. You'll be able to be sensitive to needs in others' lives that you might not have been, uh, been ready before. When you're, you know, for example, when I lead worship, there's times when the Lord's just nudging on my heart to repeat something or say something or to be quiet. That develops a relationship with him. I begin to hear his voice, and I know how he speaks. He impresses on my heart, and I know when I've done things that are wrong. You know? Relationship with the Lord. And remember, it's a dialogue, not just you talking, but listening. And going back to the Word and saying, Lord, help apply this to my life. And lastly, I would say, um, uh, just begin to implement these things in our life, to, to make a conscious effort to plan things out. Because if we don't make a goal, we're, we're sure not to hit it, right? Jesus said, you know, there's a wise man and there's a man who wasn't wise. One man built his house upon the rock, which is what Jesus' Jesus's words were. And the other man didn't. And when the hard times come, the wind beat and blew against their house, which is going to happen to all of us, which is happening and which will happen. And the person who puts his foundation upon the word of God, what Jesus said, his character, is not going to be blown over. But those who didn't are going to suffer greatly. I want to be a church. I want to be a pastor who's put upon the words of God and not just the words of God, but loving. Let the spirit flow as well. Amen. So just as a supplement, uh, just as a supplement study, I put a piece of paper back there. It says the, the study of the will of God or the will of God study, this thing. Whoops, there you go. If you didn't, if you didn't grab it, go ahead and grab it on the way out. And it, I think it just will help us. What is the will of God? And it's uh, just a, a general, uh, it goes through several different verses and asks questions. Uh, you know, does God have a will for everyone or just a few people? According to John 15, 6, who makes the things of the Father known to us? You know, talking about the Holy Spirit, right? And talking about the will of the Father. So just growing together. You know, this is just a little, little tool that I want to put in your hands this week for you to go over. We have an opportunity this week to gather again in, um, in small group Bible studies. If you haven't done that, I, I talked to all the leaders. Everybody's been blessed. And you don't have to pray. You can just come and be a blessing. Just your very presence is good. Come and hang out with your brothers and sisters and just enjoy the fellowship in the Lord. Amen? I want to spend the next few minutes just praying. Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. And we are a Christian. So we're not going to break up into small groups. We're just going to spend time where we are. And let's just lay our hearts before the Lord. We can lay prayer requests praise reports, whatever it might be before the Lord. And let's just cry out to him and I'll begin it and then I'll end it probably around 10 minutes, okay?